Hey guys and girls, welcome back to Molecule to Market, where we go inside the outsourcing space of the global drug development sector. As always, I'm your host, Roman Segal. So we are hurtling towards 100 Molecule to Market episodes. Absolutely amazing. And what we thought would be a good idea is actually reflect back on some of our really early guests that were kind enough to come on Molecule to Market before it was ever really even a thing. Uh, a handful of guests that kind of took a punt, if you like, on me and you know put themselves out there to be on a show that, that didn't have a huge amount of listeners uh, at the time. But nevertheless, the insights they provided whilst I, while I interviewed them were fantastic. And so we thought it would be a great idea to bring some of those early insights into, uh, you know, the the ears of some of our newer listeners. Are, you know, very very grateful for those that have uh, been with us right from the early days. But as the podcast has grown and Molecule to Market has got more followers and listeners, uh, people have obviously added the added on that journey. And so we wanted to kind of give you a bit of a taste of some of the the kind of earlier. Uh, episodes and you know for background as well you know many of you all know this but the whole idea of molecule to market was to bring uh, you know captivating conversations and inspiring guests on the industry uh, you know bring their stories to your ears and, and ultimately give you some knowledge and valuable kind of tips that you can take into your own professional career but also uh, into into life and and your role that you do so the guests that we decided to choose were Stefano Consul, who was back on episode three, uh, the wonderful Claire Thompson, who was back on episode 15, uh, Jitesh Devendra, who was actually episode two, and Mary Christian, who was episode 19. So we've taken a, a little snippet from each of those episodes to kind of uh, to kind of bring them to your attention today. So we hope you like this slightly remixed old school blast from the past episode and, and please reach out and let us know what you think of this type of format. Uh, as always, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Thanks to my team who help pull this all together, especially these type of podcasts that require quite a lot of editing skills, as you can imagine. And if you get a chance today, you know, give us a rating and, you know, reach out to the guests and say, you know, you heard them and you heard their story and you know, give us a rating on the app store. Beyond that, enjoy today's show. First up, is my conversation with Stefano Consul, who's founder and senior advisor at Oriento, talking about the business he created in Switzerland and how their team of structure and fractional management is helping the business succeed. And um, despite uh, I'm an Italian citizen, as, a, as a, I was born in, in Venice, grew up in Milano, then uh, I found uh, that... Uh, Switzerland in general and Ticino is a very nice place, uh, not only for beautiful uh, landscape, but really to do business. Very uh, smart, uh, very efficient, very flexible, very supportive to the business. So this is the reason why the company has been incorporated there. And uh, the, the Oriento is growing uh, with, uh, with a philosophy that is... Uh, I think the right word is mentioned as a fractional management. Uh, mm -hmm. The company is uh, basically, there are a few individuals that are part of the, as an employee of the company. And then we, we are creating a, 
two rounds of circle around uh, around uh, the core. And one is our associates, uh, we call the mm -hmm. external associates. And uh, these are, most of them are people that uh, I used to do business with. Uh, most of them are former clients. And mm -hmm. uh, everyone uh, like me is passionate on something. For example, myself, I'm very passionate in a scale up of uh, organic chemistry and particle engineering. But we have other individuals uh, very passionate in uh, supply chain management or analytics and uh, uh, or uh, in uh, formulation and uh, mm -hmm. we, we created this team of associates that in some way is similar to the association that lawyers or uh, uh, um, fiscal or economical consultant they are doing and then we are creating a network of uh, organization so companies that can uh, uh, act and can do and, to, and let me say they are able to make and create uh, uh, our ideas and our vision. Uh, I can spend some example on that maybe later on. But yeah, uh, sure. the, the idea is uh, really to have uh, a group of very passionate people working together because this is uh, what I, my experience working with uh, companies Many times I found that there was a, a lack of some expertise or some competence when we faced the projects. And, mm -hmm. uh, and so Oriento is growing uh, following an idea that is uh, basically to, uh, to step up to solve uh, the, the status of experience I made in my uh, professional life in big organizations where, of course, uh, as we said, are less flexible because big organization uh, needs very clear and defined rules and there is less space for uh, innovation. So true mm -hmm. that, uh, especially in North America, this is, uh, and in the Boston area, this is extremely evident. Uh, the innovation is coming from startups. And, uh, yeah. and, uh, and the bigger than uh, can bring to the market the solution, but the, really the idea is uh, uh, burning, is, is uh, coming out from startups. Moving on to Claire Thompson, who's founder and CEO of Agility Life Sciences, who speaks about what her days as a, a you know, high-level footballer has taught her when it comes to thinking ahead and communicating with her team. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's easier from the outside looking in to, you know, to, to get that perspective on it. But I, do you know what, Ramon? I, I think it's something that sport has taught me. I'm a, a footballer. Um, I'm a retired footballer. I still like to kick the, the ball around, um, <laughs> as you know from from social media. Um, yeah, yeah. But you know, I've I've always played football, and my my father taught me when I was when I was five. He said that you know the difference between an average footballer and an exceptional footballer is their ability look, to look up from the ball. They know where the ball is; it's at their feet. They look up and they think, okay, so. Where am, where am I playing the, this next pass? Who's running towards me? So where are the opposition? Um, how, how do I get that ball to them? So picking out the next pass, communicating to, to your team and thinking you know, strategically about how you're going to win the game. And if things don't go well, how are you going to pick your head up? How are you going to encourage your teammates? So sport is, has played a very big part in my life and a very big part in my, my business life. And I think that's why I'm always thinking I'm always scenario planning. I'm always thinking about two steps ahead. What if we lose the ball here? What are we going to do? 
Um, so that's something that um, I encourage my my team to to think about as well. So yeah, they <laughs> a lot of sporting analogies. I'm sure it bores them to death. And and you were. Uh, and, and for our American listeners, football meaning soccer, which yeah. I'm still getting, <laughs> still getting used to. Um, you weren't just an average footballer, right? You were a top class footballer. <laughs> yeah, I was all right <laughs> you, in my day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think Claire's underplaying how how uh, how talented she was, but and actually, I was going to ask you about kind of. Um, I was going to mention football and what things from from a dedication perspective, because one thing I, I often see in really successful people in my business is people that have demonstrated a dedication to a particular craft, whether it be sport or a musical instrument or a language or something like that, often have a mindset of um, that's really, really a value in a, in a business environment. It, it just demonstrates that they can actually stick at something and have the discipline to just continuously get better. Have you, have you found that your um, experience of being, you know, very, very good footballer and the dedication, I imagine that goes into that has really set you up and kind of you've, you've been able to bring uh, some of that um, attitude towards towards your kind of working life as well. Absolutely. I absolutely agree. And I, I think you can see that in others. You can see people who have played um, team sport at a, at a reasonably high level. You can tell by how they interact with other people. So they're trying to bring people with them um, you know, spotting those who um, perhaps uh, aren't doing so well and thinking about how to, how to pick them up um you know always how you know how they're going to win that game starting with an end in mind and thinking how are we going to achieve this but achieve it together so I completely agree you can see it in people people who've been dedicated to do a sport work within a team or or just a, a craft yeah I completely agree now we have Jitesh Devendra who is Managing Director at Solaro Active Pharma Services. And Jitesh explains brilliantly why it is crucial to invest time internally to be just as operationally focused as you are strategically focused. Obviously, the, the timing of the podcast that Jitesh and I are, are speaking is, uh, is, the, is the kind of back end of April where we're right in the center of uh, the coronavirus outbreak across the world. And, and Jitesh is based based in India and myself, are, I'm based in, in Boston in the US. So obviously that, that might play uh, an important uh, or a pivotal role in, in your answer anyway, Jitesh, but just to give the listeners some context. So are there any key trends or changes that you, you see in the industry or, or even any kind of predictions or trends that people should be should be aware of? So yes, uh, you know, we are going through a very unfortunate time of this uh, coronavirus outbreak. And uh, that has really, um, you know, shown in terms of um, the uh, sensitivity towards the supply chain, right? I mean, the biggest risk what we are facing is the is the supply chain. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of uh, key raw materials or the intermediates, um, you know, come from China. Uh, and... Uh, you know, a lot of Indian API companies are dependent on China for uh, these key raw materials. Um, so, you know, it has opened up, uh, while there is a challenge, it has opened up a host of uh, new opportunities for, I'm sure, the Indian pharma companies as well as the, the companies based out in um, 
in Europe as well as in the US. Um, so, you know, we, we see at least at Solara is, and pr even prior to this uh, coronavirus uh, impact, uh, there has been issues related to the environmental concerns as well as now the regulatory agencies have also started to focus on the supply chain where they come and inspect your key intermediates manufacturers. So as much as possible, we are trying to de-risk that uh, by bringing in the key intermediates uh, in-house um, so it does not uh, impact any of our supply chain if there is any regulatory inspections. Um, okay. So going forward, definitely I see a lot of opportunity uh, uh, for business to come into India as well as to other markets. So it, it may turn out that it's a it's a good opportunity, at least for a company like Solara, which is started in 2018, came into mm -hmm. life in 2018, and we are really looking at building our cramps business. Uh, so hopefully, given that our compliance levels on the environment and as well as on the uh, regulatory side has been good, uh, we expect to see new opportunities come up. Mm -hmm. That's great. That's great insight. And, and you mentioned Solara there, and you know what what exciting things are, are going on there at the minute within your business, or you know what exciting things are, are on the horizon if you're able to share anything. So of course, being a public listed company, I can only share what. We have uh, communicated to our investors as well as to our shareholders. Mm -hmm. A lot of exciting things are going on. I mean, last year when TPG, uh, Texas Pacific Group, which is based out of the U.S., have committed to infuse money alongside with our promoter, uh, Arun Kumar and his family, they have also uh, infused more capital into the company, and that's for the growth of Solara. So when we are looking at that capital coming into the company, uh, we have set up a new manufacturing facility in Vizag. So that's going to be a sixth manufacturing facility. Uh, and that's going to be the flagship site of uh, Solara. It's a uh, huge land acreage uh, area. Uh, so work has already initiated and we are expecting um, at least Vizag to go live in, in 2020. Right. And the rest of the capital, what we have, we are looking at inorganic opportunities as well as to grow our cramps business. So we are really focused in terms of uh, growing our cramps business organically as well as uh, inorganically. So these are exciting times for us. Last but certainly not least, the wonderful Marion Christie, Mary Christian, who is Senior Vice President and Regulatory at Lindra Therapeutics. And Mary talks about uh, her do's and don'ts for building new business partnerships. And then my final question around this kind of uh, kind of vendor and partnership place is just kind of any general kind of good practice in, in bad practice type examples, obviously not giving specific names away, but <laughs> just, you know, like describe what a good partner relationship looks like and also you know are there where relationships have fallen down with vendors do you ever see commonality between you know why why these things happen uh, just obviously given your breadth of experience you, you've probably seen this happen a few times both the good and the bad yeah yeah so i think it starts at the very beginning in my opinion where you have um you put out the rfi rfp and when i would get back especially in the small in the, in the biotech space if i got back basically a canned presentation or a canned response that wasn't answering the questions that were part of what I needed to know, 
um, that was very telling to me that either you're very busy and you don't have time to customize the response to me um, or you didn't read it and you're really not listening to me and, and you haven't even gotten my business yet. <laughs> so if you're not listening to me now, <laughs> um, it's not really doesn't bode well for what will happen when we when we've already signed a contract. Right. So, so I think that's that's kind of a, an example of what bad looks like. And then um, as the relationship uh, emerges and builds, it really be, it, it's clear to me from the beginning off usually that this is going to work or it's not. And I think some of the things that you, you know, initially coming together and having the, the partner understand what your goals are, what are you trying to accomplish? And frankly, telling me what their goals are. So if their goal is to carve out a business within their big business for biotech and they want to be the preferred partner for biotechs, um, then I can help them do that. Because if they may need to know more about the way we think and the way we work and why we make choices we make, um, and that will help them grow their business, I can help them with that. And then on the other side, of course, I expect them to be helping me achieve my goals, but we have to be very clear about what those are at the beginning or we're setting ourselves up for, you know, for not a great partnership. Um, and, and then along the way, checking in regularly, having like I, just in the, when my current, in my lender experience, um, we rely on a full service provider. Um, and I uh, came on the team and, and I said, oh, so this is how we're working together. You know, I'd love to be able to see behind the curtain. <laughs> you know, so when do you guys do you guys meet regularly to talk about our business? And can I be part of that? And they were quite open to it and said, yes, of course. You know, if you could, if we have a weekly meeting. We talk about what you know what we're doing in your for your and for your for your company and and for your needs. And you know, that'd be great for you to tell a broader group of people at the company at the partner company how how you're thinking and how this is evolving and what are the next big you know, milestones you need to hit. And so give us a little bit of insights behind your curtain too. That would really be helpful. And so I think those type of conversations over time, they are time consuming, but I think they are well worth the investment of time to ensure that the partnership remains strong and it remains positive for both entities. I hope you've enjoyed these kind of insights from some of my early guests. Uh, I highly advise you take a deeper dive in all these conversations and, you know, indulge over the festive period and go back and listen to a few of them when you're out and about or walking or running or driving, whatever you're doing, uh, do it safely and enjoy Molecule to Market. Hi again. Thanks so much for tuning in to Molecule to Market. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. You can find more shows on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you'd like to listen. Get in touch with us on our website, moleculetomarketpod.com and follow us on LinkedIn or Twitter and we will see you again next week. You're listening to Molecule to Market, where we go inside the outsourcing space of the global drug development sector. The podcast for professionals working in the pharma and biotech contract services space. Molecule to Market is sponsored and funded by Remarketing an international content, digital, and design agency that helps companies get noticed, raise profile, and generate leads in life sciences.